Hi, I'm Kezia, brain injury survivor and member of BIND. And hi, I'm Carrie, stroke survivor and BIND member. And welcome to BIND Waves episode five, where today we're gonna discuss caregivers. And our guest today is Jeff. Jeff is a bike enthusiast and a dog lover. He's even trained his dog to ride with him on his bike. So welcome, Jeff. Good to be here. Good to I'm have so, you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> this is exciting. Welcome to Bind Waves, the official podcast of the Brain Injury Network of Dallas. I'm Brian White, Bind's Executive Director. On each episode, we'll be providing insight into the brain injury community. We'll be talking to members and professionals regarding their stories and the important role of Bind's Clubhouse. We work as a team to inspire hope, community, and a sense of purpose to survivors, caregivers, and the public. Thank you for tuning in to Bind Waves. Let's get on with the show. So Jeff, can you, in your own words, explain to us what a caregiver is? Caregiver is, I guess, someone that would aid you in um, getting through the day. In getting through the day, so. Yeah, normally a family member, like somebody, like if you were in a hospital, they'd be allowed to come, come and see you. So, I don't know, I guess spouse, husband, Family member. Yeah, I know we're all kind of the same. We all have gone back to living with our parents. And I know we're all very thrilled about that. <laughs> so thrilled. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, Jeff, how did you get to need a caregiver or know what a caregiver is? Like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I've, I've had five brain surgeries since 2002. Uh, my first was... Uh, I started cytoma brain tumor, and they had to cut my cerebellum in half and take out some of it. Um, and the other four were just keep me going, keep me alive. Well, I love that you have learned all of these words. All of these words. I've been having the most difficult time remembering the words and then how to say them. So that's amazing. And how did that affect like? your like how did it affect your life to be having all of that well it turned it upside down i did like 180 with my life time kind of stopped sort of felt like i had to move back home and live with my dad and it was and my mom wasn't there and so like i don't know everything was just not right so you were independent yeah. And living on your own, and then... Yes. So what... I was in college. What caused you to need this brain surgery? I mean, what... I don't understand what you had. I had a brain tumor, and they had to okay. remove the tumor. Okay. And to get to the tumor, they had to go through my cerebellum. So okay. And so that... Cut in half. So that damaged the brain nerves. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. And how did having all of that damage or, like make a huge difference in your independency to have to move back to you, to your parents' house, to your dad's? Well, my dad, as a caregiver, my dad, um, he pretty much had to do everything for me. He was helping me eat, he helped me use the bathroom. There was no boundaries, because that's one of the questions. Um, there were no boundaries. I didn't have to say any, because it's my dad. Right. If it wasn't my dad, I'm sure I would have. But I'm the first time I ever used the bathroom by myself. It was 
quite a good experience. I made everyone be quiet because I want it's the best day of my life, and I wanted to do this on my own. I guess that's one thing people don't understand about a caregiver isn't just someone that's there to be there in case you need them. But like in your case, I know in my case, you know, I couldn't transfer from my wheelchair to the shower on my own because the mm. wheelchair didn't fit into my bathroom. <laughs> so my mom had to walk me from the bathroom door where the wheelchair was into the shower. Makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's what a lot of people don't get is they just think a caregiver's there, they're going to help you with the books and your bills and this and that. But no, there's a lot of physical need needed for brain injury survivors. Or it's walking, transferring from bed to chair, chair to bed, and vice versa, all those fun things. So. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what are some of the things that have drastically changed with your own independency that you do appreciate or that you absolutely hate to ask for? Um, it was great at first that my dad was so hands-on with me, but now it's getting, uh, I don't know, I should say this, but it's getting annoying. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, I, I want to be more independent and get away from my dad, but he does stuff long before I can even think about it. <laughs> He's already done it. Is there, like, a certain way that you would be able to, um practice or be more be able to be more independent now that um when did all of this happen like when did you start getting surgeries 2002 was my first on may 14th oh. my birthday <laughs> oh wow i didn't know that it was your birthday wow that's amazing so i know no, what? it was my 21st birthday oh. and i couldn't drink after that so well he says what he they told me. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. But so you said, and you said, as you're getting more independent or trying to become more independent, you've got to work with your dad more on and what that independency looks like. I think that's what I meant by boundaries. Because I know in the beginning for me and my parents, I had to set boundaries because I got tired of, I mean, I like I said, I needed physical help with stuff. But I felt like, you know, I moved back home after 20 years of not living at home and I was 38. And my mom's constantly going, what do you want to drink? What do you want to eat? What can I get you? What can I do for you? Yeah. And I was like, no, nothing. Yeah. If I'm hungry and I need help getting it, I will let you know. And that's what I meant more by boundaries. And that may be somewhere where you need to go with your dad now as you're trying to work on the independences. Go, okay, dad, I want to start working on more independent things. One thing I did have to tell him, now, if you see me doing something that's stupid and I'm going to hurt myself, feel free, jump in, make them stop. But, but I know, I mean... That is, there's a fine line. It's hard to go from that full, caregivers giving that full dependency to letting go and letting you become independent again. Good point, Carrie. I love hearing you talk. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. We love hearing you talk, Carrie. I love that. hearing me talk. <laughs> That's funny. Whatever. <laughs> Works. Yeah, just kidding. That's funny. Um, with the, with going towards having a caregiver, is there some certain things that you feel like you've been getting better at, like setting that boundary between you and your dad or even anyone else, like people themselves, right? Like people that see you for the first time or people that have met you for the first time? Setting boundaries is not, um, I've never have. I need to yeah. because um, it's gotten to the point where he does everything for me before I even think about it. 
So yeah, I do need to set boundaries like to get to get me working back into doing things myself. What is one that you absolutely want and need? Like for me, is driving. Like I know that this is what I need to be the independence, the most independent that I can, is to be able to drive. And it's scary for me and also a lot of work that I'm gonna have to do, but I know it's what I need. So I need to take a class and I need to ask my mom for giving me the permission. Essentially, she's through a little bit of trauma, <laughs> but the permission to be like, hey mom, trust me today and teach me how to drive down the block. Um, so that's what I would love to do. Um, is there something that you know that you want, like your little wish list? I would love to be able to drive again, but that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that'd be the biggest one right there is that uh, I use Uber to get around or my bike, mostly my bike. But sometimes Uber and it's, it, I guess it was scary the first time, but not really anymore. Right. And um, I, I went home from mine, I don't know, a week or two ago, and Uber was only like 20 bucks, I think. So it's getting cheaper, I guess. Not considering the gas prices are going up, it's not, but kind of, it, it, I thought it was pretty cheap. Yeah, Uber's great. It was affordable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's actually really good that you you trust yourself and essentially your dad too to a certain extent that you're ordering an Uber yourself and riding a bike. Mm. That's so cool. I'm still a little nervous about riding a bike actually. It's not a real bike. It's a track. It's, it's still a real bike. <laughs> Recumbent track. <laughs> it can't fall on a regular bike when you come to a stoplight. You have to take your feet out of the clips and put your foot down. Not on my track, you can go anywhere. You just can't go backward, which I grab the wheel and turn it backward to go back. Right, and what do you use? So that's really interesting to me. I, for, I know that those exist, but what's what are they called? Those kinds of bikes? Recumbent track. Okay, and how do they work? <laughs> well, the, the, the pedals are in front of you and the, the one wheel behind you, that's the one that drives everything. So it's one wheel behind and two in front? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking it was the other way around. Same. That's yeah, same. On most tracks they were. Okay. That's the way they were originally, but on mine it's different. Okay. I know I've seen yours, it's pretty cool. It's just as easy as the others, but it's more efficient. Yeah. And are you like closer to like the street? Like you're Much lower closer, than a yeah. normal bike. Kind of, I've fallen off of a regular track before and it's a long way down if you're standing. <laughs> yeah. But with my track, I mean, you could be going 40 miles an hour and fall off and you're just gonna slide. I wouldn't recommend going 40. <laughs> Thanks for the recommendation. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that's like a really good view about like you have your caregiver and that you're setting up like independence on yourself and then also trust on the caregiver, which is really good. It, I think it's really good that you're able to do that. Um, do you have like this other uh, needs from, from your father or from other friends or anyone that's considered a caregiver? Do I have needs? 
Yeah, like a special support. Well, my dad's always been there. There's not really anything that um, I haven't mentioned already. But does does Bind also, besides just helping those of us that are brain injured survivors, does Bind do anything to help caregivers? We have a monthly caregiver support group. It was monthly, now it's quarter annually. Okay. And they're also part of the peer partner program, right? If they if they so choose, we can set up caregiver to caregiver like we do brain injured to brain injured for for one on one to support. Yeah. So brain injury bind brain injury survivor network doesn't just support the brain injured; it supports the entire family and the well being yeah. of us all. So absolutely. Yeah, I know that my mom actually met your father in one of the support groups, and I think it's so helpful um, for. For caregivers, I think that word is very interesting for me. I know it is for you too. Like a, you like it better than other ways. Yes, there are some terms that I find very that make me cringe. We don't need to go into that. But. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's amazing to see like that, like family members or or friends or anyone that really is considered like a caregiver um, to have that kind of support and learn from one another. Because I know that the most awkward thing and most difficult thing when I needed my mom is having to ask my parent for right. help exactly like just overall was so hard so it was really helpful I think and helpful for me to not have to explain what was happening right. or what is needed to anyone other and just having them figure it out you know with other people so that was pretty cool um so what is one advice that you think that you can give to, to other brain injury survivors of how to deal with their parents or their friends or even some extra person that's Or maybe a their spouse, yeah. Or I mean, spouse. just to a caregiver. What, what advice would you give to a brain injured survivor on dealing with their caregiver or maybe just some advice that you wish someone had given to your dad? Um, my dad did an excellent, grade-A, 100% job. And... Um, the only advice I would say is to talk to, um, find out what, what your, um, what your, I'm trying to think of the word. What your person, your survivor. Know what your, um, advantages. Advantages or disability. Disability, yeah. Okay. You have to find out what they are as soon as possible. Well, and. Because they're, I mean, they're slow. Right. If you want aid of some sort, you get on as soon as possible. And my dad did that while I was in a coma, so. And one question, kind of not regarding the caregivers, but so how has Bind helped you? It's uh, changed everything. I told you I did a 180 when I had the brain injury. Well, it, I did another 180 when I came to Bind because I was drinking a lot and it changed everything. And went back to normal. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Right now that you were saying like what you need, how to ask for it, and all of that, um, what are some of the things that before you even knew you needed it that your dad asked for? It? You said while in a coma, he did that part. What was it? What did he ask for? What did he figure out? Um, he, he put me on social security disability. Oh, okay. And um. I didn't even have to, well, because I was working at the time, um, my job kicked, um, added some money in as well. 
but I'm also my mom's social security. This is about four years later after my mom passed. I'm now on her social security too. Those are all things that I also did not figure out by myself. Right. No, I was yeah. not in the conscious. Mom and dad took care of all that, Medic yeah. setting up Medicare, Social Security, all that good stuff. Yep. And that's one of the biggest things caregivers do that we don't even think about is that stuff. It's like, what's the next step? What happens after I leave the hospital? What happens before I even leave the hospital? What do we need to set up and what do we need to do? One thing my dad did recently was put, um, he put all his, what do you call it when he dies and they give you a, his estate? No, I feel like you're thinking about a different one. Um, his money, whatever, his leftovers, his... <laughs> his estate, his will, I mean... Sure. I, I don't know the proper it, term. It, he had to set up a trust fund. Okay, trust fund, there you go. Yeah. That was like overseas it. It's not overseas, o but he had o overseas, not overseas, but overseas. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff, we greatly appreciate you taking your time today to talk to us about caregivers. Like I said, I feel like the three of us all kind of share some similarity there, but we very much appreciate your honest and open feedback and look forward to visiting with you some more. Thank yeah. you very much for being with us today. Yes, thank you so much. Is there something that you would like to, before before we leave, anything that you would like to make sure you get to us or to the uh, subscribers? No, really. No? All right. Everything's up front. Great. Amazing. So thank you again. Thank you so much for being here. I love listening to all the survivors have their perspective on all of the important stuff. And I think at this point is our caregivers and like how they how they handled this and how we handled being back to our parents house. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jeff, so much for coming, coming in today and telling all everything that we need to know about caregivers. Of course. We really do appreciate you taking time out of your day and being with us here today, Jeff. And we thank you listeners as well for joining in and listening all about caregivers and BIND. And we look forward to seeing you and you hearing us on the next episode of BIND Waves, Episode 6, where we visit with a brain cancer survivor. Thank you. I'm Michael. I'm a member here at BIND since 2016. So for the last six years. And this book is a collection of our individual stories and some artwork. If you would think you would like to pick one of these up, you can either go to our website or come into the clubhouse and pick one up in person. Hey y'all, what do you call a bee trying to make up its mind? A maybe. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind and our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life, the community, and their workplace. And we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching until next time. Until next time. Hello. We hope you are enjoying our podcasts. There are many ways for you to get involved in our work and support Bind's Brain Injury Network. Make a donation now at thebind.org. Shop the Bind store on our website. Become a Bind volunteer. Contact our team today to help make a difference in the lives of brain injury survivors. Don't forget 
donate, shop, volunteer, and get involved.